Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request and I am Justin Lamb. You are listening to episode four. This is my friend Karen. I was so excited that she wanted to sit down with me. Uh, Karen has struggled with an eating disorder, um, which she found out really her whole life. She's been struggling with it. There were signs early on and she'll get into that and you'll get to hear that soon. But I just wanted to tell you what a great opportunity, an amazing opportunity this was to sit down with her. Karen was one of my first interviews that I got to do and she was uh, so vulnerable and open about everything that she had gone through um, and not just eating disorder, a bunch of different stuff and her family and and I really appreciate it and it opened my eyes to a lot of things and allowed me to share some of the stuff um, that I'm going through as well and that was really great and I, I really appreciate it and I think you guys are really going to enjoy this episode. Um, and if you are struggling with anything that we mentioned in here, there's a lot of help out there. Uh, listen at the end of the episode and I'll give you some outlets if you need it. Otherwise, um, enjoy the episode and enjoy our conversation. I cannot thank Karen enough for sharing as much as she did with me. And I hope that you guys get something out of this and it's able to help one of you out there that might be struggling with some of the same things. So how I know you. Okay. So we started working together. You were already at Best Buy. Mm-hmm. I started there on June 13th, 2008. Oh. I, I remember do, the date. I do not. <laughs> it was, I don't even know the year. You don't even know the year? Let me think. How many years were you there? Um, Long. <laughs> Many. I started there in 2002. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And then I quit in 2011. So almost 10 years, almost 10. Yeah. I think I was, I was eight, 13. Yeah. Yeah. 2008 left in oh, 2015. So it was seven, seven years. Okay. Yeah. Felt like we, 10. We did our time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we but could so, talk yeah. forever about <laughs> Best Buy. Really for a very long time. <laughs> retail. Everyone, that's, I mean, I think you agree because you worked in retail that everyone should work retail at some point. I should be law. Just so they know. Yeah. I mean, I feel to... the same way about restaurants personally. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, Teaches you to interact with people who don't like you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. People are screaming so, at your face. Yeah. <laughs> and then you realize, oh my God, I never want to be that person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's called empathy. Um, so... You left Best Buy, you became a realtor, mm-hmm. and then we were like, we should buy a house, and you became our realtor. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and then we sold that house through you, and then we got the one we're sitting in now. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, yeah, that's I think the brief history. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we know each other. So I guess let's start with Karen, with Karen's childhood. Uh, parents. <clears throat> Good, good upbringing with parents. Yes, yeah. yes. They, we didn't have money, but they gave us a good childhood. You say, oh yes, okay, us, and I got this wrong yes. yesterday. Yes, <laughs> I thought there was five total, but there's four, right? Four. Um, so you have what siblings? I have an older sister, a brother, and then a younger sister. Is brother older? He's younger than me. Oh, okay. okay. Mm-hmm. So are you second? Yes. One of the middle child. One of the middle. <laughs> yeah. Um. Mom and dad both work? They did. When you, okay. Well, did, my mom did when I was 14. She had to start working because my okay. dad got hurt. What did your dad and do? And he had to stop working. 
He was a foreman at a painting factory. Oh, nice. Okay. They did, like, packaging of painting. And he, so he would bring home the labels on the paint cans. Oh, yeah. Like, the sheets of them, and we'd color on them. And, oh, that's fun. Yeah, that was our paper. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Kids can draw on anything. Mm-hmm. I hear walls are very popular for kids to draw I, yes. on. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Anything is. Um, so you have an older sister. What's the age difference there? She is a year and a half older than me. Okay. Oh, you guys are pretty close. Yeah. Is that the same with the others, or are you guys have more distance? My brother is three years younger than me. Okay. And then my younger sister is 10 years younger. Oh, big difference. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Mom and dad made a little different decision. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, How was was the family dynamic with with your siblings growing up, like, looking back as a parent now? We... We were all close, you know, obviously not as close. Well, it was a different kind of closeness with the, the little one because there's such a big gap, but yeah. they treated us all the same until... No, no favoritism. Well, now there <laughs> is, I think. The baby's the favorite always. Are um, mom and dad still with us? Yes. Okay. Yes, they are. Still together? Yep. Awesome. Um, always <laughs> always yep. inseparable hey that's mm-hmm. a, that's admirable how long have they been married then oh jeez. Uh, see you since, don't know you'd get these quizzes uh, <laughs> since 76 oh wow what is, that's uh, 75 40, 43 44 years yeah nice. long time good for yeah. them <laughs> yeah thick and thin Mm-hmm. Um, what did your mom start working on when she was 14 when she had to go to work? When I was 14? No, when she, oh yeah, when you, when she was yeah. 14, she went to She, work. well, she didn't go to college because she got married right oh. after high school, like a lot of them did back then. And then How had my sister. How old was she when she? 18. 18 when she got, got married, married. Got pregnant with my sister soon after. Okay. And just stayed at home with us. That was, she was happy doing that. Yeah. And my dad worked and we didn't need fancy things, so. Yeah. We were fine with the government cheese. It's good. Um, you, did you know growing up that you guys didn't have money? Or did your parents kind of I don't think we really that? did. Oh, I thought, okay. you know, we were, this is normal. This normal, is good. Every day, like, yeah. I don't ever remember, like, thinking, oh, I wish I had those designer jeans or something yeah. that that kid has. Did you find yourself we gravitating, happy. like, friend-wise to people that were kind of in your own situation without even knowing it? Yeah, okay. I think so. But, oh, you yes. were asking about my mom, like yeah. what she, yes. she went and worked at a, like a grocery store. Okay. Because nice. she didn't have any skills, but she did what she had to do. Hey, I so. hear the grocery store unions you get into. Yeah. <laughs> how, how long did she work? Is she still working now? She isn't now. Um, she worked up until probably 10 years ago, I'd say. Okay. And your dad, did he ever go back to work? No, he was never able to. Permanently disabled from mm-hmm. going to work? Yeah. Can I ask what it was? What? He he fell and hurt his back. Uh, and then um, he was going to physical therapy and trying to get back to work. Yeah. And he just physically couldn't. And then that spiraled into depression. And lots of things came yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, I mean, that seems to be a common problem with chronic pain and, and that sort of thing. Is that's that's a road it leads down. Yeah, and it can also lead like down roads of addiction and stuff. So right, it's good that that didn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he didn't do that. But so you're a mother now. Uh, you, your 13. daughter, 
She's 13? How's that feel? <laughs> oh, like, it's not real. Yeah. I feel like I'm, like, in the Twilight Zone half the time. Like, so you started at Best Buy before she was born? I did. Were you married before? No. Then? When no. did you get married? I got married in 2006. Okay. Five. 2005. <laughs> she was that? born in 2006. <laughs> okay. We had two weddings. So, gotcha. Yeah. Like, it's one of them. <laughs> yeah. Shotgun and then the, the real wedding. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Um, and you're married when? Are you still married? No. Officially? Officially <laughs> divorced July 11th. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> but So that's 17 years? We were together 17. Right. Yeah. Married no. 13. Did I? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Um, oh, did you get, did you guys start dating when you worked at Best Buy? No. <laughs> I'm, t- no. I'm relating everything we, to 2002. <laughs> actually, we were together 18 because we met a year before we started working together okay. at Best Buy. We met at the, the movie theater. I was doing like usher stuff and he um, was a security guard at star I great lake star no wait. you did not wait hold on when wait, that's what i'm trying to figure out i worked at star theater when i was 18 that would have been 2001 that i worked there and did i did you? yeah uh I, I was only for six months but i wonder if we know a bunch of the same people did you work there during 9 11 no okay no, I worked there. It's got to be post nine eleven. Shrek came out when I was there. I was there. Um, Rush Hour two. Yeah. Came out when I was there. What? <laughs> I know all this because you obviously, if, for those pe- listening that do not understand this, if you work in a movie theater, you see the ends of movies mm-hmm. a billion times. Yes. Yes. Uh, God forbid you have to clean up a movie that you haven't seen yet that you want to see because mm-hmm. you will see the end of that movie. That's crazy. I gotta, yeah, we gotta figure that out somehow. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Anyway, sorry. That's, that's just, I don't know that's why crazy. I didn't know so that. apparently we uh, knew each other before then, maybe. <laughs> Getting back to you. <laughs> Do you, you'd mentioned college. Where'd you go to school? OU. Okay. Did you go right for, out of high school, like immediately after? Yep. Okay. Yep. Major? Psychology. Ooh. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> I love psychology. Yeah. So, psychology, you graduated in 2001 okay that's when i graduated high school (laughs) oh jeez nice (laughs) it's only four years right what i mean what brought you to that field to psychology yeah i think i think my dad because of um what he was dealing with i had to do a research paper yeah and like he was diagnosed with um depression and mild schizophrenia so i did a paper on it okay and then i was like i want to learn more about this and yeah so um i I just want to go back your dad um gets hurt when you're 14 Mm -hmm. so what did that look like for you as far as i know you weren't the oldest but did you feel like you had to step up responsibilities around the house yeah um i mean what happened Essentially, I'm, no one can see my hands, but <laughs> like, what happened to your childhood at that point? Like, did it, it completely changed. Yeah. Yeah. Everything did. Um, so my mom was working. Yeah. And then my older sister kind of like stepped in and helped with 
Andrea with the baby. Because my dad would sleep all day. The baby's like three or four. Yeah. Okay. So I like kind of took care of my brother and we just did our own thing. Um, Right right at first he was, he was just out. mm Mm-hmm. Just because of the pain? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And then depression because my mom had to go to work and pay the bills and then he felt like he wasn't the man and yeah slightly emasculated especially that generation yeah 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 so that went on for until i moved out when i was 18 he was very so you moved out right at 18 Mm -hmm. never came back i did once (laughs) and then i left again (laughs) yeah Yeah. i've been down that road (laughs) yeah i think we've all like gone back and well it's uh the advice i always give people which you know kids never listen to your advice when you hit 30 plus yeah <laughs> you tell them anyway uh i was like don't leave home <laughs> i mean given some like home lives are toxic and my own is no exception but at the same time i gotten so much debt those first few years yeah uh, and i didn't go to college right away okay. so i just paying rent and using credit cards and yep. <laughs> yeah yeah they handed them 18. out like candy. Yeah, those college, the golden like, years. Yeah. I think my 18th birthday, I got two credit cards in the mail. Yeah. My mom hid one of them from me. Really? <laughs> yeah. She's like, don't do this. It's like, I won't. Fast forward like two years later, writing so rent checks debt. with credit cards. Well, at OU, they would like stand in the hallways and I'll just pass them out. Be like, yeah. sign up and you get this free t shirt. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Whatever, I had like 20 t-shirts because I signed up for all of them. So did you do dorms? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then dorms all four years? Um, the-, the last year I lived in an apartment with five girls. Okay. And that was fun. How was the college experience, do you think? you? It was fun. Um, I wouldn't say I ever like was like the party person. Yeah. But... It was definitely fun being on my own and, you know, staying up late and typical college experience, eating pizza for breakfast. And <laughs> yeah, but I still eat pizza. for breakfast. No, I, <laughs> <laughs> I keep jumping around and I'm sorry. I, I'm trying to stick to with one chronological timeline. <laughs> uh, let's see. Your mom goes back to work. You guys are, have to step up. Your brother did. Have you guys talked about that for him? Like, because he was three years younger, you said? He was. Or is. Mm-hmm. He still yeah. is three years yeah. younger. He didn't yeah. jump time mm-hmm. anywhere. Um, so he, he was, what, 11 then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, he, I think a lot of people ignore, like, what he went through. Yeah. Because he, he struggled. Like, he didn't graduate high school. He dropped out. My little sister dropped out, like, oh. and Eric and I, like, I don't know, we graduated and did well, and yeah. so there's, like, a complete shift when... Did Erica leave um, at 18 as well? She left at 16. Oh, okay. So... She, she ran away, because she couldn't deal with it anymore. See, what would, like, your dad? And Yeah, and she was fighting a lot with my mom. Okay. I think because she was, like overwhelmed and so i guess once you hit your teenage years the house becomes a little more toxic yeah like toxic environment to live Mm -hmm. in can you talk more about like what did that look like how did you cope with it is there stuff especially going to school for psychology is there things that you 
like as you got older you recognize more of um that maybe you did then or that you're doing now to make up for lost time then like yeah i think at the time like it sounds stupid but that's when i started to read a lot okay because like we didn't have cell phones or anything like that yeah um i can relate yeah so i think that was like kind of an escape for me like i just come home from school and like go to my room and read go into the fantasy world instead yeah yeah. then i didn't have to deal with you know my dad not coming out of his bedroom and my mom being gone and having to take care of the two little ones like especially after my sister left yeah because then like I had to pack my brother's lunch and make sure he went to school and so and she, that's hard for, she didn't stick around what year and a half after yeah about that wow. yeah okay yeah and then we didn't talk to her for almost a year she didn't want anything to do with any of us so it was just your mom was working and you were taking yeah, care of the house trying to and the kids yeah so you started mothering at 14 i did and uh, yeah so that, I mean, that I, had to have an impact on college because <laughs> when you do get out, that's the first freedom you've had. And mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely like, I would go months without talking to them. Yeah. Like, Did you go through like a self-destructive streak? I actually didn't. Not until later in life. Still remained responsible. What happened later in life? <laughs> <laughs> that's when um, like the eating disorders okay. started. How old were you? And um, I think all throughout my childhood, like looking back, I can see things that I did. Behaviors and yeah, like there were times I was like, okay, I can't deal with my dad anymore. I'm just not going to eat for a week. That's how you would cope yeah. with that stuff. Yeah. Okay. And sometimes I would like, I don't know why I did this, but like my mom would buy lunch stuff, and then I'd be the one to pack it for everyone, and I would take all that food. And hide it in my closet. Oh. I wouldn't be eating it, but I would, like, I don't know, try and save it just in case we ran out of food. Like, I would be like, look, I have food. Like, I don't know. (laughs) But, yeah, I would hide it. So, (laughs) when you said, did this start, as far as you can remember, like, when your dad got injured? Or was this something you, like, little things you were doing before that, too? No, I think it was after my dad. Okay. Like, it was like a coping thing, and then it showed up again later in life as a coping. So when you started hitting difficult times again? Yeah. Somehow you managed that with food? Yeah. In some way or form? Yeah. Okay. So that, how old were you then when you started, when you, I mean... Did you recognize you had an eating disorder when you started having an eating disorder? No, no. I just thought, I don't feel like eating. I'm just not eating. So it wasn't a diet thing. It was just an emotional response to... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I remember there would be days that I would like go the entire day without eating. And then I'd have a yogurt at night and that would be it. And be like, that's fine. Do you have any... This is normal. It's fine. (laughs) Do you have any health red flags in those early years? No. Like, didn't pass out or anything? Like no. That? Wow. Um, so when when did you d- realize, like, this is a problem? Um, or rather, when were you, like, in your head, you're like, this is a problem, but then you don't deal with it maybe right away? 
like 2010-ish is when like it like came back like gotcha okay behaviors yeah, yeah, yeah. came back because like you know once i started college then like yeah. normal i got into like a normal routine of situation yeah, yeah environment and then i didn't right. try and control my emotions with food <laughs> or a um, lack of food so what i mean what <clears throat> triggered it when it came back up um miscarriages <laughs> that is uh i think something that probably needs to get <clears throat> talked about way more with people because yeah the more the more i talk to people and i mean I think from a guy's perspective, this says a lot because a lot of women don't want to share that with the guys to share with each other yeah. more often than they will, uh, like with men. And I know so many people who've gone through that yeah. and I can't even imagine. Um, so that's, I, I, I just think that's something that should be addressed more. Like it seems so frequent and common and, uh, scary. I can't, like I said, can't imagine. Yeah. And it's not talked about. Yeah. Like well, I think there's, I mean, like a lot of things, there's obviously shame associated with it, even though it's not that, like, it's not something that you have control over. Yeah. Um, and then people don't want to talk about things like that's, that's the problem with addicts and that's, uh, shame is a powerful thing and, and embarrassment. And so that happened I, and you're with your ex at the time. Yeah. Okay. I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah, um, I always wanted a lot of kids, and yeah. we wanted them close together, because he's close in age to his brother, and I am to my sister, so yeah. we wanted that for Abby. Do you think that's also because you were, were a mother to your yeah. siblings for yeah. so long? Okay. So I was trying to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she was, she was a year when we started to try again, okay. and we had a miscarriage right away, and then, like, I couldn't get pregnant again, like... So we went to the doctor, and I had some issues, so we did fertility treatments and got pregnant, carried that longer, and miscarried, and then went on fertility stuff again, and then same thing happened. And each time it would be, like, further along, so I'd, like, yeah. have my hopes up. And, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that know. is a tragic situation to be in. Yeah. That's when, that's, that's obviously the trigger. It was, because... Like, I felt like I couldn't control my body to do that, so. If you can control something else, then. Yeah, and he <clears throat> didn't know how to deal with them, as most guys don't. Yeah. So, he not knowingly was doing all the wrong things. And, yeah, so then that just made it worse. Like Spiraled. Like, yeah. yeah that is a, that's a tough situation. Um. What's the, I mean, what was the end result of, <clears throat> like, medically, because you stopped trying to have a kid then, mm -hmm. or you were told, the doctors told you you wouldn't be able to at some point, or? They said it would be very hard to carry yeah. one, even if I did again. Yeah. And then we'd have to pay for more fertility treatments. Yeah, which, that's super expensive, right? Yeah, we never did the IVF. Okay. That part of it, but um, we did, like, the medications and... So what are the options? Like, I don't know. <laughs> the, um, when you run into that and you're, you're having trouble conceiving, what are those options? 
There's fertility drugs that you can take, okay. and at the time there were two different ones, and I tried both of them. Is it like hormones, essentially? Yeah. Okay. Clomid was one of them, and Fumara was the other one. It's a weird name. Yeah, <laughs> and they both, like, they make you crazy, like, evil. Like, I don't know how women get pregnant on this, because yeah. they're just mean. But, um, yeah, they were not pleasant drugs to be on. And then... Uh, the other one's IVF. That's the shots, right? Yeah. Is that still they're shooting the same hormones in you? It's just an injection, or is that? I think I think that's what they're doing. Okay. I can't say for sure, but I know that you do that because I, my sister went through it. Okay. And, and then, then that's super intense, right? Like you have yeah. to everything's timed very specifically yes. in a certain number. Yeah, I've mm-hmm. seen. And a, it's very expensive. Yeah. I've seen documentaries on with people that are doing that, and it's, I, that's crazy it's like the schedule you have to keep with it i've struggled like to take a weekly medication or anything yeah so i can't imagine um when does i'm jumping jumping back again now uh when does your relationship change with your dad or does it it did um i mean he was always the jokester always had us laughing like i just remember being happy and like excited when he would come home yeah And then, like, after he got hurt, it was, like, nothing. Like, he he was not there anymore. Yeah. His personality was gone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so then, like, that kind of made me, like, feel like I didn't need a guy to take care of me. Like, it's like, whatever, I'll just take care of myself. (laughs) And I did for a long time. (laughs) Took care of a lot of people. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think maybe that's why, like, after the divorce, I can still take care of myself. Because I felt like I always did, even though I had a husband. Yeah. You have instincts that I imagine take over when they need to. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But so your relationship, though, with him now, is he, is he, did he come back? No, not fully. No. He's come back some. Yeah. But, like, he's been on so many, like, different medications. Okay. For, like, depression and, and for pain the years. and everything. Yeah, and we watched him, like, it was like a roller coaster. Like, some medications would make him super happy, and then others would make him super mean. And then, like, even his weight would go, like, up and down. And so we've watched this all throughout life. And he still has a weeks where my mom said he doesn't get out of bed. Oh, wow. And he'll just cry about i remember the first time i saw him cry after he got hurt was because the mail didn't come by noon and he lost it just (laughs) because was it the drugs he was on was it the was he he just he was just that depressed that something that little like just set him off how old how old were you was this early on like yeah it was early yeah that's that is uh pretty deep and <laughs> yeah um so what about how'd your mom handle that like i know you just you were doing everything you could there i imagine the grocery store didn't have like set hours that she was no. working so no, they were always different yeah how did that work <clears throat> and how i mean how did she as far as you know obviously um handle like that marriage with, with her husband and being in the position he was in i think she felt abandoned and but
but then like what you said like your instincts kick in and she just did what she had to do like yeah. she went to work and made did you sure the feel, bills were paid and do you ever feel like abandoned by her at all when she yeah. started working yeah yeah i did is that resentment you held on to mm-hmm. <laughs> resentment you're still is. holding on to? yeah okay. yeah and like when i did move out and like I wasn't contacting them, but they weren't contacting me either. Yeah. So I still like think about that. Yeah, felt kind of anger. You were, yeah, thought you'd get the upper hand, and then you. Mm-hmm. And it continued like that. Yeah. yeah, like, and it just recently, like, we've talked about it, and she's better about like contacting us and yeah. not waiting for us to call her. Does do you feel like she's as close with you guys as? she was before everything happened or have you guys always been a little more distant um just with erica leaving early and your dad getting injured and and then you leaving at 18 there is a period of time where we weren't close but i think we're closer now you think being a mother as well yeah brought that yeah yeah definitely Um, (laughs) so getting back on to eating disorders because, uh, and we discussed this a little yesterday, and it's just something that uh, another subject, like, unfortunately, I mean, you're a prime example of a lot of things that are more common than people understand with not a lot of resources. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you can speak to that more than I can. Um, but after you kind of recognized that, oh, this is a problem, mm-hmm. did you immediately seek help for that? Or is that something you just kind of hid for a while? No, um... I remember it was the summer of 2013 when finally I was admitted, you know, I had a problem. Yeah. And I tried for a little while to fix it on my own because I thought I could. Yeah. And he thought he could too. Like he could fix me. Yeah. And. That is the, I mean, as an addict, a recovering addict, I can say like, that's, yeah, that's the, (laughs) that is the, always the solution. You're like, yep. I can deal with this. Yeah, I got this. Yeah. And so, then, <laughs> you know, something would happen and I'd get sucked back in. Yeah. And then I'd try again and I'd go to different therapists and it was always, always a cycle. Like I'd be good for a few months and then go right yeah. back when something happened. Fall that off the wagon and... I couldn't handle. Yeah. yeah. I always, I think in a way I thought too that could fix me. Yeah. But, yeah. Do you end up rationalizing a lot of things? Just bad behaviors until it got to the point where you're like, oh, it's a problem again. And then go back and... Yeah. 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 Just I always hung on to some of it, yeah. like, secretly. Yeah. Or maybe people knew, I don't know, but... So, what what was the turning point that you... I think when you threatened to leave me the first time. Okay. Like back in 2016. Like an ultimatum sort of deal? Yeah. Like we were not like connecting as a couple anymore. I was always, I was selfish at the time. Like I just wanted to be left alone to do my thing and, and this, so you've, not be bothered by. And you've had an eating disorder for how many years at this point? Um. Like regularly? I would say like. Since like 2012, I think it was like when it started to be like severe. Okay, this is a problem. Yeah. Like health wise, yeah, things was it affecting, happened. Okay, yeah. so it started affecting your health. Yeah, was that it did. 
was that the real tipping point that was like was that you're like bottoming out is started to yeah i went to the doctor and she's like no your heart is not great and your kidneys are going and yeah so So your body was shutting down yeah it wasn't getting its yeah my liver enzymes were like crazy and yeah then i tried to find a um inpatient facility and all along like my family kept telling me you need to like be somewhere where they take the control away from you because you can't you can do this for two weeks and then you can't do it anymore like something to upset you and then you're right back or somebody at work does something yeah you gotta get to a point where you admit that you don't have the power over it yeah and even like it was not enough and that still bothers me like yeah you know she should have been enough but i I, the way you describe it is like an addiction because it's a behavior that you you don't have a control over and you keep telling yourself that you do have the control over it yeah so at some point you got it you can't blame yourself or like you know or put that sort of guilt on you because it's not it's not you you don't have control over it yeah excuse me um so i mean i just wanted to stop you there and say that's not because it's i think it's important to make that point because it's when you put that on yourself obviously you're gonna that will spiral you down and that thought process will keep going in in a bad direction yeah uh, I think it's important to recognize it, but I don't think it's something that you should dwell on. Um, so do you found an inpatient facility? I did, then... but it was in Colorado. <laughs> because Michigan, they had programs that shut down a while ago because they lost funding. Okay. So, like... You mentioned that I yesterday. Know Beaumont yeah. had one that they shut down. Okay. Um U of M has one, but it's for adolescents because also like adult eating disorders are not yeah like people don't even think that's a thing like yeah but it is they put the higher risk on the adolescents and yeah don't really talk about yeah later in life even though yeah. I, I mean if it's especially if it's I think weight related you end up advertising and everything it's you're essentially at risk for it mm-hmm. <laughs> forever yeah um. So you go to Colorado. How mm-hmm. long was that program? I was there four months. Oh, wow. Yeah, you stay as long as... It takes. They need you to weight restore, and then they send you home. And and this was something at the time you were reasonably public about, right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah, I remember posts on Instagram and stuff. Yeah, I didn't want to be, but my sister's like, you need, like, yeah. support. You can't keep it secret. You can't just disappear and people be like where did you go and then you come back and you look healthier they're gonna know like something happened so i'm like okay well i think it's also super important um to talk about vulnerabilities because the more you talk about them the less power they have and then the more you feel more comfortable about it and you kind of gain that power over them they go from maybe a weakness to a strength the more you talk about it um and I mean, assume that as, as part of your, uh, identity to some point, not as a bad thing, but as like a strength. I mean, I did this, I recognized it was a problem. I addressed it and like, it's still something that is part of me, but 
I, I have more control over it now. And right. Yeah. Right. That's a, I think that's a, a point of strength. So I, I mean, I always admire, and I try to do this and I don't as much as I would like to, but I always admire people that are able to kind of make that battle public. Um, and obviously there's a time and a place. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you don't want to like, while you're high, you don't want to like post <laughs> me like tomorrow's last day or yeah. something. But, yeah. um, I, I, I love that you did that and I'm, I'm happy you did that. Obviously that was a healthy decision. Um, what was, that was three years ago, two years ago. Yeah. Three. Three years ago. Yeah. Almost three. How was it telling <laughs> your daughter about that when you were going to leave? It was hard. Did she understand like what was happening at all? She, she knew that I had trouble eating. She knew that part. Okay. Um, cause I didn't want, like in a way I was afraid if I told her everything Yeah. that that would open her eyes to it. And then she would want, you didn't want to pass that along. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, how was that the four months? How did, I mean, how was it, how did you react to it? What was your, your first impressions when you got there? And then how did you feel by the time you left? <laughs> I remember walking in and looking at everybody and I'm like, I, I need to get out of here. Like, yeah. I felt like the walls like closed in on me. Yeah. Like I turned around and I'm, then the door shut. I'm like, Oh, I'm stuck in here. Cause it was like lockdown yeah. facility. Were you ever, like, were you, was it where you were able to sign yourself out ever, or you were just... Not, not the first part of it, because it was, okay. like, hospitalization, so, you, like, yeah. you were in a room, like, yeah. you were stuck there until they got you medically stable, and then, um, then we could, like, come out of the rooms and, like, go around the unit gotcha. and go outside for, like, 20 minutes a day yeah. with everybody else, yeah. so I felt like I was in jail, where they fed you a lot. <laughs> <laughs> how, uh, how did that change as time went on or did it? The treatment? Yeah. And just your feelings about it. I mean, the people you saw there, did, did it turn into a camaraderie? And it instead did. Of a, yeah. And then I had a very... Your cellmates. For good, like yeah. Yeah. I still talk to some of them. But um, yeah, I had a really great therapist for that part of it. Okay. And then once you get to a certain point, then they step you down to outpatient, but it's still in Colorado in the same yeah. like group, but you go to apartments at night right. and then the facility all during the day. So you're kinda... And I hated that part. Oh, really? I hated it. Yeah. Why, why did you hate Worse than the, when you were locked up, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Why did you hate that part more? Because you, you had that control at night. Yeah. And I would see a lot of people do stuff that. Oh, they would. Just yeah. Bounce back. Yeah. Yeah. And. I just I don't know the whole feeling of that place was yeah. completely different than, the inpatient place. I felt like, looking back, I think if I would have left, right after impatient i think i would have done better when i got home okay i think that how long were you in inpatient compared to outpatient so um, for that four months how much of it was in and out six weeks was the impatient okay so then part. you're there two and a half more months doing yeah. the apartment thing yeah and yeah it was awful 
And I would fight on the phone. Not fight, but like, it would be like, there would be a lot of tension because he could tell that I just was like, I just want to get home and go back to not eating because I can't deal with this. <laughs> I hated it. So you made it through though. <laughs> and I did. you came home. What's, what's homecoming like? Not great. No? Was no. What made it not great? It was the same environment I left. Yeah. Nothing changed except me physically. Mentally, though? Mentally, I was a mess. Like, in that moment, I was like, that was a waste. Okay. Waste of time. So I relapsed. Yeah. And then... um. He decided he wanted a divorce again. And then something snapped at me and I'm like, no, I don't, I don't want to lose my family over this. Yeah. So then I started trying again and did well for a while. Were you seeing someone regularly back here then? Not at that time. Okay. Because right after I got home, you they set you up and you had to see like a team at home. So I was seeing a dietitian and a therapist and my family doctor. I eventually stopped seeing them because they were telling me things I didn't want to hear. Like, you know, your weight is dropping. You can't keep doing this. And then they threatened if I got below a certain point, they would stop seeing me or send me back to Colorado. Like, well, I'm just not seeing you guys again then. That's why I stopped going. (laughs) Has that changed since? Yeah, I'm seeing someone now. Okay. Yeah. Um, is that was that the last straw as far as the divorce goes? Is that we separation? we tried again. Okay. We and we did okay for a while, and then like, you know, I'd slip a little. Yeah. And he would see that, and eventually he's like, "I just can't do this anymore." So. That was that, and then I didn't fight at that time. Like, okay. (laughs) So how, uh, I mean, how are you doing today with everything? Better, but, I mean, it's still still hard. There's still certain things that are still there. I don't think I've completely... Coming up with better coping mechanisms, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, is there anything you would recommend to people that are going down this road right now? Because... That's a lot of people. (laughs) Tell people what you need. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. Um, And then one thing I think, I mean, for me, I think it's important to point out just because I was doing research and learned stuff and I I didn't realize how much of i I'm trying to think of the right words here, uh, how it's, it's emotionally related. Like you said, you, you were doing it because you were unhappy with something or, uh, it was like a coping mechanism. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people immediately relate it to like, oh, she has an eating disorder because like a billboard says you need to look yeah. this way. Yeah. And it seems like usually it's it's exactly what happened to you. It's something that you're just trying to, that's that's how you're managing that, that pain or that distress or something in your life that you, instead of facing that, it's easier to control this. And the control, I think, is a huge thing to yeah, brought up too because... Um, I mean, that's, that's common across the board. I think people want to have control of something Mm -hmm. and if it goes to extremes, obviously you can end up in a, in a bad place. Right. Um, so 
Yeah, I second your thoughts. Talk to people. <laughs> so. Yeah, because I, I never, like, it was hard for me to tell people, like, what I was needing in those moments. Like, yeah. I never told, you know, you have to comfort me when I miscarry. Like, you can't just yeah. stay at work. Like, you need to come home and be with me. Yeah. Like, and he, him being a man is just like, you know. Do you say he's like a, a masculine man? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the um, he and he he'll admit it too. Like the emotion part, he he yeah. he's like, I have no idea what to do. So he does nothing, and that's not that's not how I work. I needed yeah. him to do something. I like to hope that the next generation of people coming up right now are going to be different. Like I hope so. Our gen, our kids' generation. Yeah. Um, I mean, masculinity is never something that was like that I've ever really been. <laughs> it's it's a weird group of people to hang out with when yeah. I'm in that group of people. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go play guitar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like red song. Um, well, yeah, that's I, I'm I'm thank you for talking to me about that because I know that's something you struggled with for a while and yeah, uh, like I was just talking to you about. I have a friend that's trying to start this nonprofit specifically to help people um, with eating disorders. And I think that's the the mental part of that is so big to talk about because I, I don't think it's about body image as much. Um, and you think of like suicide rates uh, amongst people with eating disorders mm-hmm. are, are way higher. Yeah. And because that's it's what it, it's like a form of depression. Right. And it, it, it can is. turn into depression uh, and then just spirals down from there. So, mm-hmm. you know, I agree and I appreciate you sharing that story. Yeah, um, it messes with your brain chemistry too. Yeah. Like, you know, not eating, binging, purging, all of that, like, messes with the chemicals yeah. in your brain and then. Yeah, I mean, it changes everything. Like, your brain's just another organ. If, you're, if your kidneys yeah. can shut down and your liver can get all messed up, your brain can do <laughs> yeah. the same thing. Yeah, I think that's incredibly important to point out. Uh, that's huh, I just reminded myself of one thing I wanted to ask. Okay. Uh, just uh, and on the note of not admitting you don't have control over something. So like twelve step program, for instance, um, is, is you give that to a higher power. Yeah. Uh, a lot, of, which a lot of people struggle with because higher power in most cases means God, and so if people aren't really religious, uh, they can struggle with like a twelve step program. Mm-hmm. Um, you are you have a big faith, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I know that about you too. <laughs> um, were you just, we're going to jump back in time again. Where did you, were you raised in like a, a very religious family? My mom and my grandparents. Okay. Um, my dad's atheist. Okay. But um, we always went to church with my grandparents every Sunday, every Wednesday. Oh, yeah. So what, Sunday and Wednesday? Sunday morning, Sunday night and Wednesday night. Twice always. on Sunday. Yes. Uh, your entire childhood? Yeah. And then did that continue after your dad got hurt? Um, my mom quit going and we went, I went until I was 18. Okay. And then I quit. And then I just recently went back probably three years ago. So you didn't go for all those years I between? Didn't, no. Okay. Did you have like a question of, of faith at any point, like in college and afterwards and during miscarriages and... I think I did. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, he's not giving me what I need. Yeah. 
or what I thought I needed. So where, um, I mean, obviously if you grew up with that, you have some semblance of, of that feeling. How do you get that back when you feel like it's not there anymore, but you might want it back or maybe it just Mm -hmm. happens. How does that happen? You have to, for me, I had to allow myself to be okay with not feeling like he was giving me what I thought I needed and say, okay, then show me what it is that you have for me. (laughs) So I would go to church and I'd sit there and at my grandma's church because I went back to her church. How long ago did you start going back again? Um, I think it was three or four years ago. Okay. Because it was like... After my grandpa had passed away, I started going back to Miss Church. Okay. And I mainly started to go back for her. Yeah. Because she wanted all of us to go back. I imagine that was very comforting to be back there, though. It was. Same church you went to as a kid. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Really warm and (laughs) probably brought back a lot of, like, the (laughs) pre-14. It did. And a lot of memories of my grandpa. And I think that's why I couldn't, like, I went to a different church, like, There's too many, like, memories and emotions tied to that church, so then I went to Kensington. How did that work out with your dad being atheist? He, it was the most bizarre thing. Like, he never, like, had a problem with us going to church, having a Bible in the house, talking about God. Yeah, he wasn't, like, combative about it. He just... No, when he got hurt, like, the church would come over to our house and, like, pray over him, and he was fine with that. He let them do that. Because he felt like he wasn't anyone to tell them yeah. what they should believe. Yeah. And he didn't want them to tell him Which that. Is, yeah. That door swings both ways. It is super important. People yeah. understand that. It's, yeah. It's super annoying when they don't. He could yeah. pray for them, but he wasn't going to pray with them. Yeah. Was his thing. Okay. So he was very supportive, I guess. Yeah. But you didn't go to church uh, from 18 till three years ago? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Not even like Christmas mass or anything like that. No. Easter. No. We were a, we were an Easter Christmas family. Were you? Once in a while, growing up. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I'm always curious about that because you know I've uh, I'm not a religious person, um, regardless of my upbringing, and I'm very I'm always very curious about how people find that faith, hold on to it, especially in uh, you know the situations where it's easy to drop that. Because that's the first thing you can blame in that situation, yeah. especially if it's something you're dealing with on your own, uh, and then how you get that back afterwards. So I was just curious how that worked out for you. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Faith always interests me. So. Yeah, and it's funny that you mentioned the 12 steps, because at Kensington, they have a 12-step Celebrate Recre- Recovery yeah. group, which is based on those 12 steps. Yeah. Which are um, amazing, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like... Yeah. Obviously, if, if you're an, an addict of any sort, it's very helpful. But yeah, I think if you just go through those, like as a person, obviously you don't need should. to. Yeah, you don't I, need to like I'm write gonna... letters to all your exes or anything. Yeah. But the yeah. like the broad description of, of each of those is is very self reflective and can make yeah. you a lot more aware of uh, who you are and, and your behaviors. So I think yeah. But I'm sorry, I interrupted you. See, That's oh, it's what, okay. Um, Kensington. 12 mm-hmm. step what do they yeah. do yeah um so yeah it's like a faith-based 
class, I, I was in it for a year. We would meet okay. every Tuesday and we went through the 12 steps and there's books and we journal each week and share within our little group. And Cause we all had different problems that we were working through, but right. and that's yeah. what I want to touch on. Cause you're, I mean, you're essentially in recovery, right? Yeah. Like that's, yeah. that's the term that you can relate that to anything else that you would be in there for. Yeah. Um, did you guys do anything like that during your, the Colorado retreat? Mm-mm. No, like, I got more treatment? out of that. Like that helped me more with recovery than I would say the Colorado treatment. Oh, the 12 did. step at Kensington then? Yeah. Okay. It did. Yeah. It's, I'm guessing smaller group or is it? It was smaller. Yeah. I think there were five of us ladies. And everyone had their own thing. Yeah. They were with. Yeah. But because it made you look at, it made you really look at like what, what the cause was, I guess, or yeah. what was feeding into it yeah. and giving up that control. And well, and there's the exercise, right. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing and please correct me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but isn't there that exercise where you essentially write down like anyone you hold resentment towards and then the reason why and at the end Which is of why like, i talked to my mom <laughs> about yeah in the end of a billion pages of lists of people you essentially only have like three main things yeah yeah, yeah. uh as i see like that exercise alone i think if everybody did i know that, that like we would be a much happier world yeah. that took me a long time but yeah yeah that was hard to do too they're not easy um mm-hmm. and that's i think that's that's a huge thing that that's not just like retail everyone should, yes, <laughs> to some yeah. degree yeah because um, it brings up stuff that you didn't even know like yeah start like, tapping oh into it. you know my mom did have something to do with how i'm responding to all of this <laughs> i uh i did an exercise in therapy that i was very questionable uh about or was i questioned it a lot before we began because my therapist dumped out like a bin of stuffed animals. And I was like, ooh, I'm in my 30s. I don't know yeah. what we're about to do yeah. here. <laughs> uh, but the exercise is, and you gotta have a bin of stuffed animals at home. So this is for you <laughs> mothers and fathers out there. I have tons of them um, at home. <laughs> that's, uh, you Essentially, you take a minivan and you fill that minivan with, with obviously like an imaginary minivan, but you fill it with the different stuffed animals. And each one's going to represent uh, shame, fear, uh, inner child. There's like eight different things. So, you know, three in back, three in the middle, two up front. And uh, after you place everything, you go through and like, who's driving? Why are they driving? Like, did you put fear in the driver's seat? Why is fear driving? Oh. Huh. Who's in the passenger seat? Why did you put inner child all the way in the back? Uh, and it is, it was the craziest exercise. Cause by the end of it, I was like in tears going, uh, like everything was making sense. And I was like, Oh yeah. my God. Uh, super self-reflective exercise. Crazy. Highly recommend it. You can probably look it up and like how the actual process is done and the different things you name, but it's crazy huh. exercise. <laughs> Anybody funny. going to a therapist? I recommend bringing this up because, hmm. uh, I, yeah, I was when stuffed animals were dumped out in front of me, I was like, um, and then I was like, cause you have to go through each thing too, of why you picked it. Like if you picked the parrot to be to represent your, your shame, like why'd you pick the, why, parrot? the bird? Yeah. yeah. Like, hmm. Well, it's cause you know, like 
I don't know, whatever reason. I was going to make up something like You want it to fly away or something. <laughs> yeah. See, <laughs> and you have to think of those reasons when you pick them and then you don't address where you put them in the car until afterwards. It's like, oh shit. It's crazy huh. exercise. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm a big fan. Uh, and that's one reason I think I like, um, like 12 step programs and stuff is I like, I love self-awareness. I think there's so much we don't know about ourselves that's mm-hmm. that's kind of untapped or repressed because uh, trauma doesn't have to be like sexual abuse or or abuse and like physical abuse in general trauma can just be like i had a toxic mother growing up or yeah trauma can be my dad was disabled and i didn't see him much my latter half yeah. of my teenage years so we block out so much stuff that we can end up like rediscovering obviously your mind's gonna let you discover it as it as it wants because yeah. <laughs> some stuff you just don't get to uh but the, yeah those i think those exercises are amazing i don't know i don't think i have any more questions okay do you have anything else you want to talk about i don't think so <laughs> we covered a lot we did <laughs> yes i loved it um well thank you for sharing all that with me oh well, thank you and and everyone else thanks you too i guess <laughs> um we'll see i got like five more to do before i even release any of them okay. <laughs> so, uh but yes thank you so much that's uh, i got nothing okay well thank you <laughs> all right you just listened to episode four uh karen was absolutely fantastic to interview um, apologize for some of my interviewing skills. Like I said, this was one of my first interviews, but in all seriousness, if anybody is struggling with any of the issues that we mentioned, uh, there is help out there and I highly recommend seeking that help. Um, the national eating disorder hotline is 1-800-931-2237 and the substance abuse and mental health service administration. I don't think I said that right. Um, <laughs> that's 1-800-662-HELP, 1-800-662-4357. Uh, there's a lot of help out there and you do have to seek it out. And if you don't think there's enough help in your area, whether it's something you struggle with or not, uh, be that change, start that organization. There's people out there that are doing it right now. Look around and find who you can help out. And maybe it's a Kickstarter. Maybe it's just a nonprofit that needs a uh, helped in the right direction. I know there's one out there called Restoring Reflections that a friend of mine started. Uh, look into it, find the help you need, or reach out and see if you can help anybody else. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Have a good day. Okie dokie.